I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 75 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me, what other crew would I bring for Episode uh, 75 except Matthew Aguilar? What up? Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And Mr. Connor Casey is back with us. What's up? Today, we got, a, we got like a weird hodgepodge of things. I, I was away on vacation for a moment, and now I'm back. And it seems like when I came back, I'm, I'm here at a weird time. Like I said, That's this is going to be a weird hodgepodge show. But uh, yeah, let's leave the Slim Shady out of this. We don't we'll got call it like, we'll instead of hodgepodge, we'll just say yeah. action-packed. Just yeah. No, I mean, it is diverse. hodgepodge. I don't, yeah. lie to the, I don't like to lie. <laughs> on show. We, keep it, we try to keep it uh, really real in this show. <laughs> so we're going to talk about something that happened. The Mad Max franchise is coming back. I didn't expect that one when I woke up today, but here we are. So we're going to talk about what's happening next with the Mad Max franchise. We got to get into that Green Lantern HBO Max series and uh, things that dropped, of course, right after we recorded last week. <laughs> you know how this show goes. We're going to talk about some interesting things happening in the world of streaming. We haven't checked in in a long time. We were kind of talking about the streaming wars this year before uh, like HBO Max dropped and some of the and Peacock arrived. So we're going to take a kind of update on that because there are some interesting things happening. Plus, we got to deep dive into the season finale of The Boys. I'm going to check in real quick with what's going on with Lovecraft Country. We got to talk about Fear of the Walking Dead making its comeback. And this is a comic book show, so we got to talk about comics as well. And there are some exciting things happening in comics, so we got to get to that. So, like I said, here's the HodgePodge show. I hope you're down with it. Let's <laughs> jump right up to the top. Like I said, uh, we were kind of coming in. I thought like Green Lantern was going to be like our main focus of the show, but uh, then something happened. We got an announcement that uh, Mad Max Fury Road spinoff, well, prequel, Mad Max Furiosa is, is moving forward. And it is going to be moving forward with writer-director George Miller, which is a big thing I want to get out front because that's awesome. And it, we've gotten some casting for the film already. First of all, we're going to see... Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, star of The Witch and uh, Split, and most recently, of course, New Mutants, who is going to be playing the young version of Furiosa, the character played by Charlize Theron in um, Mad Max Fury Road. And she will be joined in the film by no less than Chris Hemsworth and Yaya Abdul-Martin, too. Love that. So, uh, so two big Marvel slash DC stars right there. Huge. Um, yeah, if you, Chris Hemsworth, of course, is Thor. We don't need to go who Chris Hemsworth <laughs> is. Uh, Yaya, if you don't recognize that name, he was Black Manta and Aquaman. He was Dr. Manhattan on HBO's Watchmen. So and good. Man just having, like, best year ever of acting. Yeah, he's been killing it. Yeah, he's going to be in Candyman when that finally gets released. Oh right, my gosh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, yeah yes. so it's a great year. So man's killing it. So this is exciting stuff. I, I don't. I mean, I don't have real analysis or discussion for this because it's like, okay, yeah, that's awesome. 
Right. It's, I mean, it's the, you have the Charlize Theron situation where I, I think it's very sweet that she's kind of bummed that she can't be a part of this because it just goes to show you how much she really cares about the character she plays. And I'm kind of actually bummed also that they can't just CGI her younger. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, she's excited about the movie too. I just think she's such an awesome actress and she's just a good personality to have attached to movies. So I am kind of bummed about that. I yeah, will she say. She ain't sponsoring the Shirley Theron and sponsoring the show. I love her, but she ain't sponsoring the show. <laughs> I know. She's one of my favorites, <laughs> yeah. though. Seriously. Keep the, and, keep the tributes at a minimum unless they're dropping some sponsorship or appearing on the show. So you really wouldn't want to see a young CGI version of her? Like you're all amped Absolutely up? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy is a great actress. I, I'm, I'm psyched that she got this part. She, uh, she's, I, I've loved basically everything she's been in. I like The Witch really a lot. I liked, she's great in Split. Um, and yeah, I mean, I didn't see New Mutants, but I assume she was pretty cool. As, I can't believe me neither. Magic. So, Kofi, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll counter that because when it comes to Furiosa, people care more that it was a great Charlize Theron performance in Fury Road, not, oh, this character is so interesting. It's no, Charlize Theron's a fantastic actress, and we'd love to see more of her. I'd almost argue that's more of the reason why this got greenlit more than anything was mm. the excitement surrounding her. Now, well, I love the yeah. cast, and George Miller was the reason that Fury Road was so great. So I have no doubt right. this movie will also be great. But you can't tell me there aren't going to be some fans going, man, I wish Charlize was in this somehow. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Don't, I stump for Charlize Theron, like, all the time. I love <laughs> everything she does from a young adult to Mad Max Fury Road to, like, everything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, I don't want to see a de-aged version of Sir Charlize Theron right. in a whole movie. I mean, there's, there's especially as like the lead. There's it's so many problems yeah. with that that I don't want to do. Like, we we've tackled like extended performance with male de-aging. I don't want to know if I want to get into it for the ladies quite yet. I don't think we're there yet. And I think they even That's say right. in the same article I'm looking at that we're not there yet. We don't want to go there. Right. He even so, says, uh, yeah, yeah everyone more. is on the verge yeah. of solving it. Japanese video game designers are great, but they're still not there is basically what they're saying. Like they wanted to have her on. They yeah, really did. Exactly. Like, and but. so if you got to pick somebody else, I like Anya Taylor-Joy and it, it's yeah. not that Furiosa was like some character that I was like, I want to see more of, but she was what made her interesting and in what Charlize Theron, I think, did so well in Mad Max Fury Road was Mad Max Fury Road. I think I even wrote about this, like reviewing the movie is like a is like a really great short story. in the fact that it, it doesn't you, there's not like flashbacks and extensive right. backstory and exposition. Right. These people, they did. They got a bunch of actors who are really good at just telling these stories with like their eyes, their faces, their costumes. Yeah. And Furiosa was a chick that you could tell was so deep and had been through so much like you know whatever happened to her arm to you know like just the kind of attitude and spirit she had and, and why she ultimately joins you know with max and and does this whole thing in that movie right um so there is a story there to tell in, in kind of the same vein that george miller tells it in, in more action and throttle and stuff like that than everybody espousing like long monologues and all that crap but like yeah um, I think there is room for, for that character to have a, an interesting story built around her. Absolutely. Um, and I, I would, but, and I will say this with the caveat, I see, I've learned things on this podcast, but um, <laughs> that, uh, that I would only trust George Miller to do this. I wouldn't trust right. like B movie director to take a Furiosa spinoff. I'd be kind of looking sideways, but I, I trust George Miller to take, some of the ideas and themes of that character and grow it into, into a prequel story. That's actually pretty interesting. How many Mad Max 
films have there been? Is it five? Four? Four. This is okay. number four. And this yeah, is the first one that's not focused on Max. Correct. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's going to be though really you, cool. Though you could argue Fury Road isn't focused on him anyway. Right. He's very much a side character in his own movie. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm psyched for this. And I'm interested to see what Yaya and uh, Chris Hemsworth do. I mean, I, I hope they do something with Chris Hemsworth that's not just like Mad Max surrogate. I feel like that's very likely is there can be like, give us your best Tom Hardy growl. <laughs> and be like, oh, this is why, because when she was a young girl, she met Chris Hemsworth. Yes, we'd all be affected by that. <laughs> yes. That would cause us all to rebel later in life. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm psyched. I mean, the George, you had me at George Miller is really where I can leave this rest with all the other debate. So Mad Max continuing, going to looking forward to it. All right. Moving right along from that interesting bit of news. Over to the thing we kind of missed out on last week. Yeah. I pulled together a really good show. I actually enjoyed listening to it as a listener. But then I saw the Green Lantern thing and I just laughed because. I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed. But Uh. as another little silver lining, we did get a bit of clout because HBO Max actually tweeted out our article about this as their like official announcement of this thing happening. So as I said, night, son. Yeah, I said, you know, I had to uh, on the comic book nation account. We, we recognize the clout of that of that little move. So Bravo. I mean, there was a silver lining, silver lining to all that. And now we get to talk about it. Hey, so, Green Lantern HBO Max series. We've been wondering what the hell is going on with that thing and how it would take shape. And now, I mean, this is kind of interesting what we've gotten. Uh, it's going to be 10 episodes. And we thought it, we were like, you know, the debate's always like, oh, which lanterns are they going to be about and blah, blah, blah. And now we find out it's like all of them. Which is huge. Some yeah. of them. Yeah, no, I know. But them. like, except for, <laughs> uh, for like three. Yeah. Okay. Right. But we're still getting like Alan Scott, Killawa, Guy Gardner, Jessica Drew, Simon Baz. Um, important. Not Jessica Drew. Jessica Cruz. Sorry. Jessica, I said Jessica, Jessica Drew. Drew. <laughs> I, was like, I got all excited. <laughs> and, you, and I'm sure there's going to be more as, as it kind of grows. That's what I was going to say. There's some potential. big main ones. And Sinestro will be in it too. So it's going to be almost like an anthology thing. If, if I'm not missing this, like, right. It's kind of like going to focus they, on. They have said that it will have, because of course people brought up that Rainer, Jordan, <laughs> like those are missing. But they have said that, you know, the line will be blurred between like what is connected and what is not. So they haven't really been they haven't really been forthcoming with that uh, information yet. And when this first started, like percolating, like it was Alan Scott, like Alan Scott was the person that was kind of known like for like a year of like I've been excited for like, oh, it's going to be an Alan Scott series. And then they kind of (laughs) added. all these other people in. I was like, oh, well, that changes the whole landscape of this because like initially it was thought it was going to be like all about him and it was going to be about the first Green Lantern. It was going to be like exploring all those different things. And now it's like the fact that Baz is in it and Cruz and and certain ones are in it and not like it's well, it's let's read the official log line from HBO Max, DC, Berlanti Productions and Warner Brothers Television comes a bold adaptation of the iconic comic book franchise, a saga spanning decades and galaxies. Green Lantern will depict the adventures of a multitude of lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Bass and Alan Scott, Earth's first Green Lantern, who, true to the comics, is a gay man and many more. 
The series will also include fan favorites such as Sinestro and Kilowog, and will also introduce new heroes to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. Excited. HBO needs to hire you. That was, no. that was good. That was a good movie. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm stoked for that. I can't, I can't wait for that. I like that they've been picked up for 10 episodes, right? Uh, Already, yeah. Expected to 10. be an hour, about an hour long. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I am very curious to see the format. I, I feel like from, from this, I feel like the kind of binding thread will be the rings. Yeah. And like the whole idea of the rings and the willpower and how that kind of establishes and they could also do a tales of the Green Lantern corpse from Oa from just like, you know, recruits. there's a lot of ways to kind of <laughs> kind of do it. So I'm kind of interested too. Green Lantern was the easiest pitch for a TV show in the world because it's space cops with magic rings. So cool. you can do literally anything <laughs> with that. Yeah, so you can. This can be yeah. really hard to screw up. This one's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking for the kind of different flavors of, of different stories. So, I mean, it was going to be kind of cool. All right. HBO Max building that DC universe. And, you know, this. I feel like this is going to culminate in some kind of Kyle Rayner or, or Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart type deal. I need like, the torchbearer, man. That's what I need. <laughs> I need my boy. Kyle Rayner. I need maybe, it's all, maybe it's all a rescue mission to go get him. Who knows? So. All right. So moving on from uh, Green Lantern. Let's talk about what's going on at streaming. So I tried to, I was just doing like one thing I thought that, you know, Matt sent me and then I just started looking and there's more and more. So there's a couple <laughs> things to talk about on the streaming front. First of all, we got, this is a quick one. So we'll just get it out of the way. Sticking with HBO max. We've all been wondering what's going to happen with those DC universe series. Then we find out, found out they were going to be moving over. Like we predicted they are dumping off yep. the DC universe, which is becoming DC universe infinite. For div- digital, they're basically doing what we said they were going to do on this show. They're I mean, dumping, you called it. You really yeah, did several times. Dumping all the kind of original series stuff onto HBO Max and taking the comics library, making a bigger thing in DC Universe Infinite. Cool. Win-win. So we now have dates for kind of when these DC Universe series are coming over. Uh, Titans and Young Justice are coming November 1st. Stargirl will arrive on December 1st. Uh, and we're getting more seasons of Titans, Harley Quinn, and Doom Patrol all coming to uh, HBO Max. Nice. So that's good. Sounds like, I mean, I'm really happy for Titans and Young Justice to kind of get that exposure on HBO Max, especially Titans, because I think it deserves it um, for what they accomplished. But uh, yeah, this is good. I mean, now we'll get to see if, what kind of run these things get and if they do have some like actual lifeblood because of, the distribution problems, which were always kind of mm-hmm. holding them back. Sounds like we're going to be solving that problems. They've succeeded despite the platform. And now we actually get to see if they are well, <laughs> well received. Cause like, I feel like the fact that they've half of them have gained traction at all with such a small install base and right. such a small little Avenue. Yeah. I agree with Kofi. I feel like now we finally get to see like what shows will stick around because yeah. they're attracting fans yeah. As opposed to yeah. just like, this is all we have. And isn't like, Swamp, <laughs> isn't like Swamp Thing doing well, like airing on TV? Yeah. This yeah, could be so, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Swamp Thing's doing its thing. So good for Swamp Thing, man. It's good because people were tired on the shows and they actually did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that's one thing. Uh, this was an interesting thing. Amazon Prime is gaining on Netflix as a streaming thing. I mean, that's not to say Netflix has to start sweating yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still kind of doing good but uh amazon came up to like a 21 percent share 
in streaming. Like, yeah, they're getting in there and getting that for quarter three, um, which was unexpected. I didn't think Prime Video was sneaking up like that. But I mean, The Boys, obviously. That's what I was That's yeah, a I was major one you. was like a big hit. Um, yeah, Utopia's done I've well. heard really good Utopia's things about Utopia. Actually, yeah, it's doing well. I mean, that's I'm probably going to dive into that fixed. soon. My in-laws and people were like talking to me about Utopia. So that's actually yeah. catching on really well. But I guess, I guess it does make sense. But Amazon's done it smart. Like they just do it quietly, man. They, mm-hmm. they just kind of keep pumping out stuff. Um, They're creeping. Which, who, which is the, the Marvelous Miss Mizell? Is that oh, one? I love that show. Yeah, obsessed. Yeah, obsessed. Like, when you just I've start thinking it about through. it, you yeah, start looking right. into it, you're like, They're oh, one of okay. those. They are very much one of those where it's like you mention an actor and like, I don't know who that is. And then you start mentioning what roles they've been in. You're oh, that guy. Or awards very, they've won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. very much that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and Hunters yeah, so, is them too, right? Yeah. Hunters was them. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, in private videos doing the right things and, and they're doing it well. It's like it's not a lot of hype or fanfare. They just come. They deliver. I mean, except for the boys, which built its own. Um, and it's kind of an organic one and they have done a good job, I guess. They also do a good job putting on like interesting movies and stuff. I find right, I was just about to say jumping that. to prime video and, and kind of watching movies a lot yep. on there. I mean, um, even without prime, I, I whenever I run a movie, I just go through prime. Like I don't do right. Fandango or any. Yeah. I just go straight through prime. And when so I buy movies digitally, I always go through prime, too. Yeah, so I'm just realizing for like my kids, libraries and myself. Right. Like, if I'm going to be watching and I use prime and and here's the key. Prime is also one of these that has like integrated with Xfinity and, and mm-hmm. was like the second one after Netflix to do that really so that I could just say into my remote prime video and just start like, you know, really watching Smart. on this. So I'm like, yeah. And now Hulu's on there. So that's all good. So, I mean, that's so pretty good. So interesting, interesting. I mean, we were all like Disney plus Netflix, Disney plus As, Mandalorian okay. coming soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they plus, need that. Has Disney Plus been the biggest letdown of the streaming services? Yes. Because I feel Peacock has overperformed. I love Peacock now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, time. Peacock has, I mean, Peacock really surprised. And again, quietly, just like it did its free kind of like little rollout on on a Comcast. And then like it launched and that free tier really gets people in. I mean, mm-hmm. and like, like, I feel like no one expected anything out of Apple. So I don't care. <laughs> Yeah. Oh gosh! So I've never watched anything on Apple. And, and I think HBO I have Max a subscription to Apple too. that I just forget about, and I don't think I've pressed play on one thing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, so, yeah um, I feel like they came out of the gate with the most hype, and it's been the one I don't watch at all. Same. I'll say the biggest surprise for me has been HBO Max, which I find is has somehow become my like hub. Like I go to that first. It's good too. Yeah. 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 And like, cause it has a lot of the content that I, I'm watching, like the HBO content kind of sucks me in. And then I just feel like they didn't launch properly. If they would have actually been available on the biggest, you already know this argument for me, streaming devices, then they would have actually gotten yeah, I mean, more traction. Fair. And I think they will cause they're releasing now. So people better watch out for to HBO fair, Max too. The Hulu thing. I mean, the Hulu thing kind of solved that for me because like, it, it is limits. So here's what I figured out. Cause I was talking to Janelle off show about this. <laughs> so what I finally did was there was a mix up because uh, it's a whole thing, but because of another cable subscriber who had HBO that I went through, they had my email, but so I, I couldn't like make an account. So I had to go, eventually I went through Hulu. So basically okay. you can add HBO max through Hulu. Now that means you can watch stuff through Hulu on your TV, but you could only watch, HBO content. You cannot watch HBO Max original content because of oh, licensing geez. through Hulu. Right. That is that is that is the kind of split. So like the Val, and that took me a minute to realize. But are you that. paying the same monthly? 
Yes. As if you just had an HBO Max. Yes, but your Hulu works as your HBO Max. So you can go into the HBO Max platform as a regular subscriber. You just can't watch HBO Max original content. So the, the key is here that if you can't watch HBO Max on like your main TV, but you can watch Hulu on your main TV, you can at least watch like the HBO content. Like, so you can watch Lovecraft Country, The Val. And okay. like stuff like that on your main TV through Hulu. Um, right. But for HBO Max originals, you would still have to. So have what about like when DC stuff starts dropping, you can't watch that. Like you're not going to be able to watch that through Hulu. Uh, no, that'll be HBO Max original. That Which is, is still not. Early. Is it confirmed? It's still not available on. Yeah, not yet. Oh my gosh, that, but I, it's going to happen. Hurdle. Yeah, it will. But when it's, they when it yeah. does. That is their main hurdle is still the sheer confusion and cluster that that the right. fact that like Kofi had to find that. Yeah. Well, I didn't see I signed up for it. And, it and funny enough, it was my wife. I thought I was all good because, like I said, I was mainly watching the HBO series through. Right. So it was right. her who finally said, hey, man, there's something weird about this because I'm trying to find this thing and it's nowhere on Hulu. And then I had Got to go it. back and look at it. And then I was like, did I just pay Hulu for like half an HBO Max <laughs> subscription? And I was like on the war path. And then HBO I finally Min. went. But then you go to HBO Max through the main platform and it's just sign in for your provider. And one of them is Hulu. And so you just put in your Hulu credentials and then you can just access the main really site through that. So at least I got you. You could at least be watching Lovecraft Country in the Valley. You could at least be partially with the cool kids. Um, I'm still holding out until everything's just clean and good. You, and you fight that good fight. You fight yeah. the good fight. Um, yeah. All right. So we got to take a break in a minute. But uh, just uh, one last note is, uh, ironically, <laughs> we were just ragging on it. But uh, Disney's now tra- apparently realized that Disney Plus is lagging. So they're going to be putting more emphasis on getting that streaming side built up with uh, more content uh, because I think they're beginning to realize, Hmm, all this Marvel and just star Wars stuff isn't enough to carry an entire streaming service. You gotta probably do <laughs> right. some other stuff because <laughs> uh, yeah, say more, content. more yeah. content. Disney plus is my least sign in streaming service. Right I haven't now. signed in since you just been paying we're all you mean y'all aren't watching hocus pocus well okay (laughs) i get it uh free because of that deal Uh, who was it was it verizon yeah Yeah. oh got it for a year so like whatever ain't skin off my back (laughs) but like yeah i just like i haven't signed in since i think mandalorian ended I'm pretty and you're sure you're going to sign back in when Mandalorian starts. I will. I will yeah. And then when it's done, I will go right back, back to that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, WandaVision's coming. WandaVision, yeah. the Marvel stuff will hopefully start Oh my start gosh, I can't out. wait. But, um, yeah, so good luck, Disney, because you're kind of getting swept up. That HBO Max, Amazon, that Peacock, they all came out. You have the most IP, and somehow you're getting no, kind of handed to you. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, aside from Warner Brothers, they have the most in-house oh, IP. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. And like, then yeah. they're getting a little chewed. Getting, yeah. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it feels like no one's talking about Disney Plus other than the fact that things are delayed. Like everything is talking. Right. Except I'm on quarantine and I don't want to see my kids anymore. Here's the remote. Here's Disney <laughs> yeah. Plus. Leave me alone. Um, that's about it. And even even now, I think my kids are starting to turn towards Bugs Bunny. He's getting a lot of love in my house. So Aww. all right, all right. Moving Thanks, right Jan. along. Let's take a break, pay some bills. And when we come back, we got to start our deep dive into a bunch of stuff we got to talk about today on the TV and comic book front. So stay and wrestling. Oh, my God, we got to move. So stay tuned for all of that. (laughs) 
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, we're back. Let's start on the TV front. The boys. Um, the boys... Season finale has now been released. We are going to talk full spoilers for this, okay? So if you're listening to this and you're just listening to our finale talk, I don't know why, because, I mean, the show's been over for a hot minute. I mean, it's been out for a hot minute. Yes. We're now just getting to the end of it. But uh, we're going to be talking full spoilers about the boys' season finale. All right, that said... Um, I love the boys season two. I think this might be one of my favorite sophomore seasons overall of all time. Cause usually the sophomore slump is such a real thing. It seriously is. Um, yes. Yeah. And I remember how I was kind of split in the premiere episodes when we were done. I was ambivalent about a few things Same. and um, they kind of worked out. Yeah. I never really got into the Huey stuff, but I think at least he got that episode of rescuing or attempting to rescue Starlight where he basically, <laughs> so he basically just ah. force gumps his way through a rest, yeah. <laughs> um, so good. but ends up getting to look cool for the girl and all that. And that's a really fun payoff to Huey's story. Uh, I, I think it's funny how the season ends. I mean, he kind of mocks him still with his like big, I'm going to stand up and be a big boy on my own thing. And only to find out he's just, now a pawn of yet an even yeah. worse person. Um, yeah. But that's the big thing. Let's just start with the big thing. This season actually pulled off a really good mystery and, and kind of managed to shock me at the end uh, with a mystery of the exploding heads and the assassin who's killing people. And of course, it turns out to be that uh, Congresswoman who... Victoria Newman. Be, yeah, Newman, who's campaigning against Vaught and all that turns out to be a psycho super of her own who's kind of playing everybody um, in some awesome Kaiser Sose type way. Uh, yeah, that was a nice little twist and surprise because I haven't read the comic. So if this is in the comics, I, I have. That no is not. Oh, okay. That okay. is that that character is actually based on. There's a Victor in the books, which is like this vice president character. Uh, but yeah, that's not. They twisted that all around. So. Wow. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that turned out well, because, yeah, that was a nice little surprise. Because the the exploding head thing is such a big, shocking <laughs> spectacle throughout the season. But for somehow the boys does a good job of making you like just go along with things and not stop to like question heavily. Not like I need to know who's exploding heads. Right. Like just the idea that people could suddenly at any moment have their heads start exploding kind of keeps you on edge. I thought it was the that. person from the institution that escaped and caught the yeah, car. The girl. Yeah. Uh, 
that that didn't track because we saw someone oh, explode yeah. while she was still in the prison and her thing wasn't oh i make your head explode it's i make your whole everything body explode. Explode. Yeah. yeah but i, I was still it, like convinced i was i convinced. thought it was possibly stan edgar like the the vault guy who was doing it right and, and like yeah people off um yeah but uh yeah no the, the last episode was i really enjoyed that um the fight against Stormfront is probably like the most satisfying thing. Oh my god! <laughs> the dialogue yeah, in that, that dialogue in that fight is just like, yeah, just like all the things. And again, what blows my mind is that the boys filmed all this before they ever knew 2020 was going yeah, to be yeah. like what it was. Yes, but just how cathartic that was, and all the things they're yelling at her as they're just like basically stomping her head in. Um, I was like, man, Avengers A, like A, Avengers Endgame A Force moment was an ish compared to this like <laughs> not even yeah. close yeah they, those girls did a good job of just uh stopping it that was awesome. i did i didn't like the um what i thought was a kind of i mean i know it's a season finale so everything you know has to kind of wrap up but what i love about the boys is the fact that it is these normal people going up against super people is like whenever they're in a scene together it is really scary about like how is this person not about to get like torn apart right in three seconds and like butcher facing down Homelander was really great. And I thought I was just like, Oh, okay. But I mean, I love how they brought all the storylines around together. So that like queen Maeve and that tape and all that thing she yeah. went through mm-hmm. to use, but I was like, okay, that's a really slim hold on somebody like a Homelander. So yeah. I was like, okay. Everybody walks away. I get it. Um, you know, that's fine. But, yeah. Uh, I can, didn't, can we- I didn't mind that as much just because, like you said, the the emotional stuff in that scene is way more interesting to me than some like sort of weird like doing coming up with something else there and having them like actually like face off face off because we do get some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like having them like have some like climactic fight. The fact that like Ryan is like the stuff between Ryan and Homelander and like him choosing one who isn't really a fan of him, who right. isn't this he barely knows. parental figure. Right. Yeah. That stuff is way more interesting to me than any kind of would be fight between them. Oh like, no, I, I just like meant that's like, paid off later. I just meant like the way they got out of it. I was like really yeah. hoping like the kid would just like clock his, like clock the crap and knock Homelander. It like, broke my heart him. that he, um, that he kills his mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, that was terrible. A- accidentally, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, but no. Can, I mean, I, I'm not blaming him. But yeah, yeah. It starts. Can we just acknowledge Anthony Starr in this episode? I think for me, took it from being, "Hey, this guy's a great character actor." To, we might need to start talking about awards for his performance as Homelander because yeah. between all of the stuff with Ryan, the look he gives Butcher as the camera pans over and Ryan's yeah. behind him, and he just starts laughing because he's like. You again? I yeah. keep running into just you. I could, I could snap you like a twig. But that's and why it's this, great. The speech at the end where he is screaming through his eyes, and the yeah. camera just keeps panning into those, mm-hmm. and he's just got this bright and happy kind of speech going on the whole time. You're just like, this man is insane. He's so good. And I didn't even and bring up when he fantastic. And then when he just walks into the cabin, and all the SWAT guys are there. Did you just say butcher? <laughs> and then he just shuts the door slowly. Where's my son? Oh, sweet Christ. Everyone's dead. Yeah. That, yeah. That I love how Kofi doesn't come after uh, anyone else for fanning out. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, for this episode, you got to give it to him. No, that, he's amazing. So I agree. I think that honestly, I feel like he is the lifeblood of and, this show. And uh, you missed the point. Anthony Starr has done this show. Yes. Yeah. He's like you're talking about yeah. like the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That man has, has helped promote this show so he can get fanned out. On. Oh, this show. Yeah. 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 Comic-Con. Yeah, our old Matt yeah. uh, did a nice little interview. It was with a him, good so. interview too. Yeah. So he's, I love that. Yeah, he's paid the entry fee, so he can't say it I love how in interviews am, he kind of plays with it. Me as unjust. I am a just ruler. Like, if you, fan, <laughs> if you help promote the show, you get fanned on. We, we you know. It's, something it's, uh, a little, go ahead, Connor. Something a little less fanboy, though, because when I first watched the episode, there were a couple things where I was like, man, we, we didn't really go back to certain things I was hoping we would, like, we all thought Aya Cash was going to have some sort of extra twist where actually I was playing Homelander the whole time. She wasn't. The church winds up just kind of being a punchline as opposed right. to like, hey, maybe this is the buildup for season three. But then I thought about it and I go, you know what? This is the kind of show that would go, you know what? The Nazi does not deserve to have a secret master plan. She deserves to get her head stopped in. Right. The Scientology parody doesn't need to be the secret evil hydra organization. Or explored it, into, yeah. Yeah. It, it just it, deserves it, to be a punchline. Like, I love the things, statement that made. Yeah, it, sub, it subverts things that you think would, like, because that is what we're trained to assume, mm -hmm. that there's, right. like, this extra thing. And, like, the church, I love that it just stops. <laughs> like, there's no, <laughs> like, his <laughs> head blows up, and there's <laughs> nothing else. And she's just looking out there, and you don't give too, like, you don't care Poor about the deep. Church, right? What is Deep yeah, going to do? Poor Deep. Well, uh, that's the thing. I mean, and it all is, the boys is, like, also deeply a cynical story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, Fair. like, the point was that, I mean, it did make its point that all these things were linked, right? That was the big reveal, that, you know, the political crusader the dirty businessman mm -hmm. who, who over even as a black guy overlooks the nazi past of the company <laughs> for the sake of the shareholders the crazy extremist and the you know supposedly holy religion side are all in this pot dirty little pot together scheming together um even while you know seeming to be enemies and things like that or like opposing forces and that was kind of the point like is that especially that last episode was like Stan. Yeah. I mean, you saw these scenes that Stan Edgar sits down with the church guy. The church guy sits down with the political lady, and like all these people are caught in the middle and getting kind of like messed up, and they're creating these even more dangerous things. Like Homelander's now an unhinged psycho, and right. like all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so gosh, that last and, scene of him. Oh, oh god. my god! Which I I find it funny that that was supposed to be in season one. That they couldn't oh, do because they were like, yeah, they can't, could, can't, can't do that. <laughs> they couldn't do it. Like, yes, and we they can. stuck it in here. Because, uh, yeah, now it's like, it's fine, right? They have the. Oh my like, gosh, I didn't know that. That's two, really cool. Uh, two interesting uh, nuggets because one, we talked a little bit about that like Black Noir fight with Starlight, which mm -hmm. is really like a thrashing <laughs> for mm -hmm. a minute uh, until Maeve, right? That is actually that like weakness of his, the Almond Joy scene which i loved yeah uh that is actually based on like his real life nathan mitchell's real life allergy oh <laughs> my god he actually wrote that into the like into oh that's thing. brilliant uh and then uh claudia uh Dumit, i think i'm saying i'm think i'm pronouncing it correctly who plays victoria uh she said like when she was um doing like auditioning for the role and then she got the role and she was like on set she didn't know she was the villain 
she didn't know she was like the one exploding oh. heads and stuff like that. So That's she was funny. always kind of like Eric was so excited, right? Because Eric Kripke, right, the showrunner, was like super excited about this part, and she never knew why for like the <laughs> longest time. So she was like, I guess he's just really excited for like a congresswoman. I don't know. He was he was always super geeky when like he got around her and started talking about stuff. And then it came out. She's like, oh, and like exploding heads. I think oh all gosh, that stuff is so just cool. Really, really fun. So, yeah, this this season finale delivered. So I, I got to say this, because this is kind of the only place I can vent about these sort of things. Um, I feel like this season took this show from being a fun little like, you know, side distraction to something that is going to be the flag bearer of prime going forward. And it's because one of the criticisms I heard about season one, when you get past all the dark and darkness and the, the, the cynical themes and the, piles and piles of bodies and blood is that the reference material, the comic was all of the stuff that was parroting was Bush administration era politics. And when it was brought up into 2018, 2017, it was like, yeah, that's fine if this were made in like 2006, but all those references just feel really dated now. And by episode three of season two, it switches from, yeah, we're talking about, you know, these, this stuff, you know, these these super terrorists to no. Now we're getting rid of that plot line and going right into stuff that is so <laughs> prevalent right now that everybody's sitting around going, did they know the future? How the <laughs> heck did they know this would fit so yeah, perfectly into definitely. right now? If the a pandemic comes modern- out, I'm going to that's to be really Oh, weird. good God. Like <laughs> but the fact that they just modernized like all of the topics. Yeah. I well, think that, to elevated this show beyond what we thought it could be. I think. Well, right. Victoria is a perfect example of that, right? Like, right. Victor is a Bush era, like he's like the vice president. He's like so a Bush changed. era, yeah. yeah, right. So he's a Bush era thing. He's played up like it's all that stuff of that time mm-hmm. in that book. And so then yeah. to turn it around, flip it, make it like put some AOC in there right that some of that's obvious like they were right. kind of playing with that but then they subvert that too and to modernize all that just in that one small character i feel like is indicative of the whole season and uh, i think we even touched on early in season how it was just so funny how because they changed stormfront who was a male in the in the comics and to make this character for aya cash and they didn't know at the time that they were going to be nailing like literally both sides of the pro take the Portland riots and combine them into one character into these like extremists kind of, you know, right wing, you know, Nazi things, given the the visage of a left wing Portland, you know, progressive crusader and and kind of in some way subverting both sides at the same time and kind of sending up both sides um, in this one character in a way at a time that they could have possibly predicted would be so timely. Yeah. Um, but okay. yeah, and it was just, it, it was kind of really funny. So Question. yeah, hats off to the boys season two. Yeah. This is going to become a big merchandising thing. Uh, for I'm Prime. curious, is Stormfront still alive? Because I said, they said that they relocated her. So uh, I'm guessing she's going to come back with some, we like, know she metal can regenerate. Arms. Oh, okay. <laughs> Although I, I got to say, nice work by subtly proving that, that Ryan is already stronger than Homelander because we Ooh, know that the yeah. I beams right. hurt Stormfront, but they're, it's more of like a kink thing. With yeah. him, it's your legs are gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're pulling a Gohan with him. And That's I like the first that. thing I said when I saw it. I was like, well, maybe Homelander chooses not to go as like aggressive. I don't know. So that's good. I'm glad you clarified that. 
All right. Well, that's the boys season two. If you guys haven't checked that out, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a quick stop in at uh, Lovecraft Country because this episode, as we're getting to the season finale next week, this is the penultimate episode. And uh, this one was a very, really powerful episode. A lot of people have been kind of responding and writing about this because um, HBO's Watchmen started out by kind of showing us this fictionalized version of the Tulsa Massacre. This episode of Lovecraft Country, these the heroes need an important artifact that has been destroyed in the present. So they have to go back to the past to where the main character's family was. And the pivotal story of the main character's family is that his father, his uncle, and the woman they both loved were all bonded because they were next door's neighbors in Tulsa and, and escaped the massacre together. So they have to go back to the night of the Tulsa massacre and get the book out before Tulsa is destroyed. And uh, yeah, wow. it's a pretty intense episode because it's uh, when Michael K. Williams, who is like one of the best actors like around. If you don't know who that is, he played like Omar and the wire. And you should definitely know who Michael K. Williams is by now. But um, yeah, he plays Montrose Freeman. And it's just he's the guy who is, he's one of the people who escaped Tulsa. So it's like him going back in time in this very twisted back to the future episode where they literally have to go back to 1921 and they have to get this thing in this ticking clock of time and watch this horrible event unfold. And uh, yeah, if you thought Watchmen was intense about that particular little part of history, this episode of Lovecraft Country will kind of really, really kick you in the gut. I mean, it is, it is a pretty tough watch because it's just like literally the minute to hour, like unfolding of these kind of battles between, you know, white and black people around town and the shootouts and then the escalation and the bombings and the air raids and all that stuff. And uh, there's some pretty awesome scenes and journey. Smollett is really killing it on the show. Cause there's just one sequence where she actually got burned, like filming it. And she actually finished this take and like, then went to the hospital. Holy uh, cow. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It's just about, cause her characters for, for whatever reason is able to, to kind of walk through this intense pyrotechnic sequence. And it's a pretty powerful thing, but um, yeah. Lovecraft Country, like I said, is just wonderfully like weird, awesome storytelling. And Misha Green has done like an awesome job with this series. And I, I don't think we've had the official season two renewal, but um, I hope they do renew it for season two because each week it's just like I said, it's not just horror. It, it, it is like HP Lovecraft. It is like different elements, like strange, weird tales. There's been a futuristic sci-fi one. And like, like I said, there was this Korean kind of Korean K-horror story one week. This one was like a, like I said, a twisted back to the future thing, all with like predominantly African-American themes and characters and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a pretty great show. So that's Lovecraft Country. Check that out. Moving right back along to Janelle's neck of the woods. Walking dead. I did not watch fear. I'm going to tell you. I wow. Fear. I don't watch fear of the walking dead anymore. Wow. I don't watch it. I, I gave up season two. I stopped wow. watching. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. You guys, you put me on comic book nation. Now I'm reading three jokers and watching. Oh like, yeah. Don't try to yeah, pivot. Don't try to pivot. Come no, in. no, no. I, I, was in here. I was all set up. I was but like, I was like, Janelle, leave it in the past. Janelle on to the comics. Work. I am. I'm upset. I can't stop reading comics lately, yes. but I will say I did watch world beyond because I'm trying to give it a chance. Did anybody else watch this? Man, No, come on. I, okay, I, good. Yet, I want to. Kofi, it is y'all. I episode one. I was okay. I was, I was interested. I was intrigued. I got Matt intrigued. Episode two. I just, I can't. I, I'm having a hard time stomach this, stomaching this show because I, number one, our lead character has the most fabulous hair, and she's out 
trying to like she's she's trying to kill walkers and she can't they call them empties she physically they're children who have never killed walkers and they've been living in this world for 10 years i it's just so we're so far past this and the other shows that i'm having a very hard time getting into this because they've already come across so many walkers and not been able to kill one yet and so I'm just kind of having a hard time sinking my teeth into it. (laughs) But (laughs) it's uh, the episode. I feel like this, um, this, the third episode is going to be a make it or break it for me. Um, If they can't real, like reel it in and give me something that I really want to like continue to watch. Like I, I don't know if I'm going to continue to watch this one either, which flip it around is making me want to go back to fear because I've heard that the fear episode is extremely Morgan heavy, who is, you know, obviously from the original series and from like the first season. And, um, he has, it's really cool. A lot of awesome things that I've heard about this episode because I read the reviews and I read everything that's going on in this. Um, I just, I haven't watched it because I'm, I'm, I swear to you guys, I'm obsessed with like Marvel and DC now, but it's awesome. You guys should be so proud of me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess Morgan gets by. Yeah, no, no, I, I got it. Don't, don't worry. I got this one. I, I oh, watched you watched it? it? Oh, yeah, I, I'm a loyal watcher of Fear the Walking Dead. So. Oh, good. Wait, can you tell me, like, has it? Just sit back. I got this one. I got this one. Um, okay. So Fear the Walking Dead is back for season six. And if you have followed this show and our conversations before, um, you know that Fear of Walking Dead really ebbs and flows like it. It is really good sometimes, like season three, one of the best seasons of any Walking Dead show I've seen. Brandon Davis was here. He would join me in this. Uh, Charlie Ridgely, I think so, too. Um, Really great. Season four, when Morgan came in, it was kind of like, okay, there's some interesting characters here. I really like, like, I like Al. I like the cast of characters they assembled. I like Al. I like um, dude who plays John. I like June. I like their, their kind of union with the remnants of the original cast. I liked all that. But somewhere in the halfway point of season four, things like the villain, the crazy lady, that kind of got really boring. Season five was just trash. Oh, um, no. Season five of Fear of the Walking Dead was really bad. Um, I, I'm just straight up. And by the end with the kind of the Western town, the girl who plays Ashley, which I just figured out this week yes. um, from the boys playing the uh, it's crazy. kind of weird Western sheriff lady. And that just all got really bad uh, and sloppy. So I was kind of disappointed because I thought fear had taken all these elements of characters. I really liked new character uh, taken Morgan, a really strong character. Like I said, the new characters like June and John, that episode of them on that little marsh Island, still one of my favorite walking dead episodes of all time. Um, Yeah. And Al and these interesting characters and, and kind of squandered it. So, so far we have season six and um, the premiere is very much a Morgan story. Again, probably the most Morgan heavy story we've seen since the, he met the cheese cloth guy or the cheese yeah, maker uh, and that. learned about kind of, uh, you know, Tai Chi or whatever he learned and all that stuff uh, and the art of peace. And uh, this is about Morgan who was left for dead at the other one. And we're going to talk full spoilers here. Okay. So Morgan doesn't die, but uh, he is barely patched up and is dying of infection from his gunshot wound. He's been doing this for over a month and he's been waiting for this person in a watchtower. And there's some things that I didn't like about it because it's still like Morgan's character. I think they need to let go of this theme of 
Morgan being like adrift and, Oh, I don't know if I want to live and be connected to life and be connected to people. Like we need to drop all that. And they kind of do um, that with Carol too, which I know I'm yeah. like, she's done. It's that. just like, you got You guys got to make up your mind eventually. Right. Um, and so luckily they don't spend too much time on that because they introduce some interesting characters. There's a great villain for this episode who is this, uh, African-American guy who is uh, very much a cowboy. He has a hound dog and he carries this huge ax and he's basically a contract hunter or bounty hunter. And he works with that, uh, uh, the Sally or whatever her name is, the uh, kind of cowgirl who leads that like little weird Western society. Um, and so she's hired by him to find Morgan because they know he's still alive and out there. And that guy is an awesome villain. And he actually plays him, does a very good job. And there's like this awesome, creepy scene where he meets a guy who's running away from somebody who he knows is chasing him. And he comes by the fire and they're eating beans together. And then the dog comes through the bushes and he's like, Oh my God, there's that dog. And he's like, Oh, come here, Rufus. And he's like, what? He's like, you know, he's like, yeah, of course he's my dog. And the guy's like, wait, what? And he just takes his head off with a freaking ax. Um, and he keeps the heads in boxes to deliver to his clients um, when they're zombified. So that the basic episode is, is Morgan and this guy he meets who's having a baby and needs help to clear these walkers who have trapped his pregnant wife so he can get to his baby. And he was an ex-Marine and he's, our name is Isaac and he's played by a very good actor who I forget, but um, his name, but uh, yeah, they do a good job. And it's just these three guys basically in this cat and mouse chase game with a guy hunting them to get back to this pregnant lady and a baby. And along the way, Morgan working out his issues, but it was, it was surprisingly good, well-directed, very well-directed and like tense and scary because of the villain who was very good. Um, and the point is kind of Morgan decides to, it's a cheesy ending where he just decides he's not Morgan anymore. He's some new dude. Uh, I don't know what the P Diddy of that all is, is back, <laughs> but, uh, he's basically going to try to the season arc is him. His people have been basically taken and enslaved by this Western society and they're all trapped inside. And so we find out at the very end where they are and he is going to basically work to get them out, but it has to be this kind of chess game process because if you know, the Sally or whatever her name is figures out that he's doing this, she's just going to start knocking them off. So it's kind of like a covert. It's kind of like a, I forget what that movie is. Dirty dozen type deal. They got to get the hell out mm -hmm. of this kind of, you know, camp and, and escape. So I'm looking forward to this and I'm looking forward to seeing more of the crew back. Um, but this was a good first episode. It made me care about fear of the walking dead. And I was going to ask you if can, if you, okay. If someone were to pick it back up, would you say that you could dive back in this season or do you need to make sure you have context by watching the bad last half of the previous season <laughs> i think you just need to watch enough to know who the characters are like, yeah like recaps yeah like just okay. to know who the basic sketches of these new characters are and then you can probably pretty much jump in this season because yeah yeah but no I'm, I'm happy to have fear back uh at this point right now and i'll be looking forward to the next few weeks of it because i'd rather watch this than the walking dead world beyond i i wait i could totally see like i could see you sitting there rolling your eyes watching this whole show like i can i can envision you going are you serious <laughs> like because they just can't they can't well i'm more aggressive progress. i'd be screaming kill her at the zombies i'd be rooting for the zombies yeah it's like, eat her it is becoming it, I, it is more of a coming of age than I thought it was going to be based off the first episode. So I'm kind of disappointed. And it's weird because I've been reading reviews and like IGN said that this was a great episode and it's like there's a team building exercise and stuff. And I'm just like, I'm, I don't agree. I Man, think these kids are growing up right now. I was just talking to my niece who's in freshman high school. They're growing up in the time of Rona. 
these kids are ready to kill somebody yeah. coughing, <laughs> coughing too hard near them, let alone zombies. They're ready. And I don't want to say that like the special, the special effects are fantastic. I think it's very beautifully shot. I think that the actors are definitely doing what they're, you know, what is in their script. I just don't know if the storyline is something that I'm really going to want to pay attention to I going think you're forward. Doing this series much more of a favor by even still talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think well, I took the time to watch it, so I figured I'd talk about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean this in any bad way, but you picked the wrong choice this week. I know. I know. Uh, I'm but, learning. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's all good. Come back to fear. It's all good. Come back to your friends at fear. I think um, I will. Let's leave this muddled world of The Walking Dead behind and, and get over to comics where, it's where things are much clearer, right? Um, yeah. All right. So we don't have a lot of time, but uh, I want to give these guys time because we have to talk some wrestling stuff today. But... Uh, Matt, let's get a rundown of comics and we can talk three jokers real quick because Janelle's here, but we're kind of getting a little bit long in the tooth with that one. I also right. just want to touch on Rorschach real quick. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me run through uh, the books this week. There are a lot. Uh, so we have Detective Comics number 1028. We also have The Amazing Spider Man number 50. We have Wonder Woman number 764. We have the Immortal Hulk, number 38, which is the full reveal of Devil Hulk, for those who have been waiting. Uh, we have Avengers, number 37. We have Superman, number 26. Now, for the X of Swords chapters, there are three more this week. We have Hellions, number 5, New Mutants, number 13, and Cable, number 5. We also have Dark Knight's Death Metal, number 4, Captain Marvel, number 22, Warshack, number 1, once in Future, number 12, Seven Secrets, number three, Commanders in Crisis, number one. And if you read any one book this week, please read We Live, number one, which is from Aftershock, which is fantastic as a fantastic first issue. So that is comics. So now we can actually dive into like a little bit deeper stuff. All right. So we can talk three jokers real quick. So uh, I don't want to spend too much time because I said, because like, I mean, we've it's been out for like a hot minute, but Janelle, we were waiting to see what you thought when you oh got gosh. Three Jokers number two. I am um, such a fan. Yeah. Huge is... fan. Huge. Because they have Joker zombies. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> freaking out. I about like dropped my jaw when I saw this section in this book with these beautiful Joker walkers, like a horde of them. I was just, it was so fantastic. Jason Fabok is a good artist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some pretty creepy imagery in this one of like all those bodies, like uh, Joker basically pool. is hiding oh, out in the YMCA gosh. and they've soaked all these unwitting victims in a pool of Joker chemicals. Like literally they're just all floating in a pool. And of course, as Janelle alluded to, they, they are zombies. They're not sure if they're animated. Jokers. Yeah. Yeah. And so like Jokers are, the two Jokers are making more Jokers um, and kind of doing that. And, Issue one ended with Red Hood killing one of the Jokers, the one that had beat him with a crowbar, crippling him. And this deals with the aftermath of that as he's on the rampage and Batgirl and Batman. Batgirl is like him. so upset about this. And I don't know what her problem is. Well, She's I mean, like... it's interesting because she and Jason both had these really horrible experiences with the Joker, like right. beating them or nearly killing them or crippling them. And yes. she dealt with it in a much healthier way than Red Books Hood. And we, which we come um, to discover yeah. a little bit more in this book. Which yeah. is cool. Like but, um, she saved think, everything. Yeah, the creepiest thing that happens to me in this book is that Batgirl and Red Hood kiss. And I, like, <laughs> I was gonna yeah. ask you guys about that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It okay? What is it with recent Batman stories? <laughs> uh, uh, geez, Killing Joke, shoehorned 
a Batgirl Batman kiss. Oh god, for that some was reason, so bad. no, no warrant. Like it wasn't warranted. And this, all and do they like, go anywhere? Because if they don't go anywhere, then it's like, why did it happen? No, man. Batgirl doesn't need to become the past around person in the Bat family. Like Batgirl, yeah. Stop that. Just that's Barbara yeah. and Dick that's have lazy. their thing. Like you know, that's lazy to me. Like yeah. there's no other than shock value. I mean, I got it, but you didn't need to kiss. Like, I actually liked yeah, the scene up until that because too. they bond over the fact that, like, she's the one compassionate person that says, like, you know, it's not so bad. It's not your fault. You're such a screw. You like, you're yeah, like, yeah. And he gets what he's always this. needed. The yeah, core stuff but, is great. Yeah, it, right. that, it was just up until that part because then you add in all this tropey angst stuff between them now and like <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't need any of that. Like, it was good before that. That was just shock value to me. That's all yeah. that was, was just um, like, hey, we're going to get in line. Which I just did, ignored right? it and Almost. kept, ah, that didn't happen. <laughs> I think the biggest thing I've seen on the kind of just reading, like the response is that, uh, I forget the character's name, but people have speculated that the main Joker, like the mastermind guy is going to be revealed to be like this crazy obscure Batman villain that he like first busted Ooh. and threw into a chemical tank long, like before the Joker was ever created. It was like a crime boss. Um, I forget his name is like Sharp, maybe like something like that. Anyway. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just some going to be some weird reach back until like I feel mm. like it's a Batman 1940s stuff. But I still don't think the whole concept of the Street Jokers thing holds water at its center as an interesting thing. I thought it was better here because you only had the two and there are actual distinct differences between the two because he got rid of the other one. It's not as muddled. But that said, I agree. I still don't really know why we're doing this. I guess I'm just <laughs> envisioning that like our original Joker pulled all these strings. This is all part of a bigger plan. He created the triplets and he is somewhere else doing whatever else or he's taking a freaking vacation and he's just like, I'm going to make an entire army of Jokers. I don't know. That's what like. I mean, me. look, your guess is as good as mine because I still don't really know where this where this fits. And yeah, I will say, though, what I will say is I don't. Uh, uh, the kiss aside, which was like really like that's just annoying. <laughs> kiss aside, and like, I had already and, forgotten about that part. <laughs> the, the kiss and like the fact that like I'm still <laughs> not understanding. This feels like a project from a a bygone plan that has now since been distanced, and like five G is not happening, or it's kind of happening. It's all this other stuff. So I, it's a little outdated in that respect. But I liked the overall issue. Like I'm actually <laughs> finding myself liking this, and you know, I mean. Current issues with John's with Ray Fisher and all that stuff, like just taking that out of the equation of like just taking John's writing in the past. John's writes good superhero stuff sometimes. So like this is a fundamentally like I'm interested. I want to keep reading. It does hook me in that way. But, you know, I still have issues, but I come away like, oh, I want to read the next issue. And that's I just think it's point. an interesting mystery to nowhere is what I'm kind of agreed. Yeah, I'm kind of worried about like and there's it. only one issue left, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They, they, they no. got to do a lot of heavy lifting with this last one to kind of justify its own existence. Yeah, I thought it was going to yeah. be longer. Wow. Yeah. And so we're going to see. Uh, I'm kind of scared about the landing, but we're going to see what happens. All right. Um, I do want to touch really quickly on this Rorschach series. So Rorschach has a new series that came out. Um, it's by our man, Tom King. Are you doing spoilers enough? Do we need to warn? Yes, we're going to do spoilers. Okay, cool. Um, because, I mean, it's really just about a kind of a procedural that leads up to one big thing at the end. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk full spoilers on the Rorschach new series. So 
first things first, what I thought, um, and I don't know if we spun this out yet. We should probably do that before people hear this. Uh, did we establish that this was connected to the HBO series? No, we have not. But we should, because yeah. that is that is definitely established in here, because they, they are talking about Rorschach in the context of the post kind of Rorschach gangs of there Oklahoma. Were some, there were some right, people yeah. talking about it online that it was kind of like, there are suggestions, but they don't come out right out and say no but the oklahoma they mentioned oklahoma which was of yeah. course where the rorschach gangs were the right-wing gangs were using the rorschach mask and they're saying people because they mention it in the context that people are still buying rorschach masks even after that controversy in oklahoma yeah. so this is set in the same universe as the hbo series it's now part of that canon um so that's interesting we're gonna spin that out uh but the main kind of thrust of this story is that it starts at Tom King is definitely a playwriter at heart. Um, it starts in the middle of this big thing, which two people who are attempting a political assassination of a presidential candidate are shot down on this catwalk. One of them's in a Rorschach mask and one of them is in this like Sally two gunslinger costume. And it's the kind of copper FBI or whatever their official status is. These a cop or an FED. I don't know what it is exactly, yeah. but they're investigating who this person, who these two people are. And that's essentially the whole issue. It's just them talking while going through the post-crime stages of like examining the bodies, you know, looking at the crime scene, uh, detectives going home and thinking about the case and kind of thinking over it. And that's just it. And this is what Tom King does so well. Like it's actually just a mundane series of actual action steps. Yeah. Um, but the conversation and the kind of reflection in the dialogue is actually really interesting because what he does is basically flesh out where we are in the world of Watchmen at this point and kind of begin to make all these kind of broad brush strokes to these larger things that are happening, specifically who this presidential candidate is, like what this means, what the political kind of allegory is to this. Um, and it ends on one big, crazy twist, which is that, these two assassins were, were shot down. Oh, they interview a cop who was nearly, who was, you know, there were three cops killed or uh, three cops attacked in this and only one survived and is kind of like hanging on and not necessarily doing so well. But the person who shot down these assassins and, and they kind of figure out this kind of way, the cop uses some smarts to get the fingerprints of Walter Kovacs, the original Rorschach, who died in Watchmen and he just checks them against the prints found on the bodies of these would be assassins and they're a match. And that's the end of the issue. So <laughs> there's this now book. big mystery that how like Walter Kovacs is somehow, or somebody with his fingerprints is, is still now active running around this thing. And there's these little hints that there's that the cops or somebody encounters somebody who could be like Rorschach. Um, and so what the hell is going on here? Um, so, yeah, like I said, Tom King does this thing where he takes his like very uncomic booky approach to things and is in these interesting ways. You never really kind of expect the story to, to go into. Um, and he can do things like make dialogue and just talking like into some interesting things. So I was kind of like, well, part of me was kind of like, uh, you know, where, where are we going to get to the Rorschach, Rorschachness of all this? Uh, it was an interesting buildup and an interesting hook because now I'm just like, oh, now I got to know what, like, what, what's going on here. So yeah, it got I me. Um, I, I'm still kind of tentative whenever somebody starts a new Watchmen story, but I think I'm more open to it after seeing the HBO series and what you can do with that world. And so I'm kind of interested. 
I, I agree with you. I'm always a little tentative. And frankly, I'm a little, I, even before the show came, I said it here, like I'm a little watchman out. Like I, it's not a world and a group of characters that really interests me anymore outside of like the original. Cause not because like I hold it as a sacred cow that others do of like, you can't touch it. It's fine. Whatever. It's just a comic story. It's a really good one, but it's a comic story. But like, I, I just don't, I'm just not interested. And what this issue does is like, like you said, by the end of it, I cared. I was all of a sudden like it, it hooked me enough and it didn't play on every single one of those like, hey, Watchmen, remember Watchmen? Remember Watchmen? It doesn't do that. It doesn't jingle the bell like right in front of you the whole time, like trying to lure you into caring. It tells a really interesting character story between just these cops and it feels like law and order at some parts. And then at the end, it's like, oh, it ties it. It ties it together. Uh, I, you know, also just on on a regular front, like I'm getting a little tired. I feel like we're <laughs> I feel like we're like two of the most positive people when it comes to Tom King and like stuff he writes. And I don't know what it is. I feel like there's just so much like backlash against. Like, oh, I don't get my toe in. People don't like Tom King. Oh yeah, no. It this thing is like the Rorschach is is very much a hot button of like why it should have been created in the first place, but also like King King is very divisive. And, Between the the Batman Catwoman wedding, Heroes in Crisis, yeah, yeah and all the stuff crisis, with Booster Gold, like yeah, Heroes in Crisis was not good. No, but I also don't like uh, how many of my favorite writers write stuff that ain't good. I can go through every single every single one. Grant Morrison is one of the best comic book writers alive and he's writing a series right now that i'm supposed to love and i'm just like nah it's not very good like I, it happens intern yeah great lantern yeah. Dude, <laughs> it's, not, it's not very good um, there are not many writers of comic books that issue to issue can can make me it's hard as fulfilled <laughs> as tom king hard. does though yeah like issue for issue to issue like city of bane issue to issue that story was great yeah, um, so. that's my stance. I don't know what the comic community thinks. No, it's all right. Tom Taylor is my is my counter argument to that because every episode of Deceased has been great. Yeah, I love no. both. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't need a favorite Tom. Uh, all right, so that's Rorschach. <laughs> you guys can read that, and I'm sure we'll see where this goes and tell you about it. All right, Connor and Matt, take us home. Give us a quick update on what is happening with the WWE draft. So if you've been on the website at all the past couple of days, you know that the draft is happening and well, it is over at this point, but we've recapped everything from the two night event, including all of the supplementary draft picks, the free agent pickups. Uh, the bottom line is that a lot of what, a lot of what we thought was going to happen did happen. The big stars on both shows pretty much stayed put. And a lot of people throughout the mid card, switched places roman and drew are still in the same spot seth and aj switched the tag title switched the new day broke up everyone's really upset about that i was gonna ask you what's the biggest upset of the whole thing <laughs> oh it, it's easily new day because and it wasn't even like it wasn't because they've talked about not wanting to break up for years they have always said we want to stick together for the entirety of our Xavier careers. Xavier Woods just told me that in an interview like a oh, month no. ago. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my and, but in, and instead of like, because what they were always afraid of was, oh, they're going to write a storyline where one of us gets jealous and he's going to turn on the other two and that's how it's going to split. Instead, they do this thing where, oh, Raw only drafted Kofi and Xavier. They could have drafted Biggie if they wanted to, but they didn't. So then SmackDown immediately picks up Biggie. 
And now it feels like they're trying to play cleanup where they're going around to all these videos and being like, no, 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 New Day's, we're, we're still a thing. We're still together. We're just on opposite brands. And you're like, that is not the same thing. And you know it. That was so, so poorly handled. That was it so really was. poorly handled. Because uh, you could have done the same thing. And if you just had correct messaging, it would have been fine. You could have still had Big E on SmackDown and do a singles push. And you just still had them on Raw, and they could have written it a thing of like, hey, we want to give you the platform to shine. You keep doing what you're doing. You go for the belt. We're going to hold things down over here. Like, there's ways to package this exact same thing and not make it seem like you're doing the same old, you know, like, uh, I think it was like when I asked him, I was like, hey, so there's no, there's not going to be any Seth Rollins with a chair. Like, you're right. not going to take him out. And they but it lists. And instead, it's this cluster. Why is it this way? It didn't need to be this way. Anyway, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, other than that, I actually liked a lot of the moves that this draft made, especially with what we're doing with Raw, because if you look at the the title scene now, I'm looking at Drew, I'm like, man, you better retain against Randy next week because there are enough people on this show now where you could take a different challenger each month mm-hmm. all the way up to the Rumble, and I wouldn't be bored. Nope. You got AJ. Agreed. You got Bray. You got Braun. You got Keith. There, there's you got Seamus, which is something he's been campaigning for. Yeah, like suddenly the top of the card is so loaded that I'm kind of looking at Keith Lee right now. Like, man, I hope they have plans for you because he should have come to SmackDown. But I'll get it, to that at some point. Exactly. <laughs> the line. Yeah. Um, over on SmackDown, I think Seth desperately needed the move. I think he's the biggest move that got made on that show. Um, my only problem with that is is that. He moves, and so does Dominic and Rey Mysterio and Murphy. So the storyline and Kevin Owens. So every storyline he has been a part of since November just followed him. Well, I did find that funny that like they did that across the board. So yeah. like obviously like Fiend moved, Alexa moved, and so did Alexa. Like, yeah. So and, and then, so did Braun to yes, keep right? that so, whole thing going. <laughs> and then the, Kevin and Owens moves. So does too. Aleister Black move. Jeff yeah. Hardy moves. So does AJ. Exactly. Like, yeah. God, you can't get a new story to save your life. Yeah, they did a uh, Roman state, of course, and Jay state, right? So, like, and I, I, the most, the thing I am most, the the bullet that I can't wait for WWE to fire right now is give me heel Roman versus heel Seth, and don't try to make me like one of them. Yeah, show me which one is more willing to sink to a lower level in order to win. But see, that's interesting. Ironically, WWE now has not a problem, but the same thing that they had way back when they don't have to force people will now like Roman Reigns regardless. You don't sure. actually have to do anything to him. Let him just do the same thing he's doing. But I love that he's being evil. That's that's yeah, part of why it's people not, enjoy it. It's not forced. No, it's no, it's, it's just letting him like don't give him some stupid we're gonna gouge out your eye don't give him any of that garbage just let him be the dude who wears the shirt with like i'm gonna come wreck stuff and just let him do that and do let you Seth have, be do you have any idea how many page views we'd get if roman took somebody's eye out i can show you what I the number seth did because that care. was absurd. i don't want the the momentary blip for us to me, is not worth having to sit and watch that horrid crap. I don't want True. any more of that. I don't want it. <laughs> don't True. do it. Just let them be cool. Just let them be cool. It, it's okay. It's okay to be cool. Anyway, it's fine. Since we're short on time, we'll only get to this segment. Biggest steal for each brand. Matt, go. Uh, Bianca Belair for SmackDown. I feel like that's like, 
it could be Alexa Bliss levels back when she was drafted. You remember that? Absolutely. Like when she was first drafted yeah. from NXT, everyone didn't really see it as that. And then she became like a huge star. Bianca Belair has been sitting over there, not being anything done with her. And this could be great for her. Also for Raw, ironically, Alexa Bliss and Fiend, but it's because they did all the focus testing on SmackDown. Like we've had this whole build to Alexa Bliss becoming part with the Fiend. And like now they have this whole sister Abigail combo thing. Now Raw gets all that. Like it's it's the whole meal has been cooked. And Raw gets to like just get the whole entree and just like run with it as opposed to doing all the building that SmackDown's been doing for months. So I think that's great for them. Like kudos. I will match you on the SmackDown pick. I think Bianca is an absolute steal. Uh, on Raw, I'll go with AJ because he was just kind of, other than the Daniel Bryan IC match and the latter match, he hadn't been doing a lot with SmackDown. And you could instantly put him back in the WWE Championship picture just by having yeah. him look at Drew. Like, yeah, it, he was there because he didn't want to be with Paul Heyman. <laughs> and, and ironically, two weeks later, Paul gets fired, so exactly. he's got to stick with them. And yes. I think the overall winner of this entire draft was NXT because they didn't lose anybody, and we were all worried about that. I'm so, so happy. Now, my only thing, I don't, we weren't going to do losers, but like to me, Keith Lee could have benefited from going over to SmackDown, especially since Riddle went to Raw. Yeah. And I was like, there's this, this gaping hole. And man, I want to see that Lee Roman thing down the line. And you could have just had it brimming and do stuff. And now it's going to be a while or until WWE comes up with something like, hey, there's four trades allowed during the season or whatever. And, you know, fix it that way. All, all that hopefully. Yeah. But anyway, that is the wrap on the WWE draft. Hell in a Cell is coming up, not this weekend, but next weekend. And you bet we'll have a lot to say about that. All right. Thanks, guys. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. As always, if you're just getting into the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can listen to episodes on the site or you can listen to your favorite podcast platforms, which include Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, where you can tell any smart home device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast. It will start playing with you for you. You can also find us at the official Twitter account at Comic Book Nation. We now have an official YouTube page for Yay! Comic Book Nation where you can yeah. watch videos of us. If you don't catch the show when we air it live on Facebook every Wednesday and Friday, you can go to the Comic Book Nation YouTube page and catch it there as well. If you are just getting into the show and want to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we are going to be sending all our five-star reviewers T-shirts when we get back into our building after the pandemic. So be sure to get on Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. If you want to talk to any of us, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. You can find me at Connor Casey underscore CB. Otherwise, I want to thank you guys for tuning in, as always, to Comic Book Nation, and we will see you for our next episode. Peace. Deuces. Later.